Hello, and welcome to Mystic Grace Podcast Number Four. The ego has a contract out on all of us, right? I am in Grand Junction, Colorado. It is November the 5th, 2017, and I am in a recording studio in someone's home by the name of Taylor, and it is his company here called Fusion. And he's got a very cool setup here in his two rooms. So thank you, Taylor, for hosting me on this Sunday, uh, this November in, in Colorado. It's fairly warm here for this time of year, and it's just beautiful. I've not been to Grand Junction before, and it's a very pretty little town, and the people are very nice here. I like small towns. Having come from Las Vegas, I was there for two weeks, and then I drove here uh, through Utah to come to Grand Junction. I wanted to see what this town looked like, and I'm also looking for land to build my next healing center. And that is what I'm going to talk about today, is the healing center that I built in Mystic, Connecticut, in memory of my mother, who died of cancer in 1995. It'll be 22 years this December the 17th since she's been gone, and uh, she died when she was 65. She uh, got cancer when she was 57. And in the act of prayer in 1987, I was asking God, how would we help this mother of ours? And it was at that time, in a beautiful summer day in August of 1987, that I was given this booming command in my head that you humans can heal yourselves with color, sound, and vibration. It took a while for me to find out more about that, and I finally was able to build a healing center in 2006. I began in the in the fall of 2006, I went back to Mystic, Connecticut, having been out there in the world for 20 years, and I went back home, bought a house over the phone, and proceeded to renovate the home, four floors of this colonial home, into the Mystic Gathering Center. So this is what I want to describe today my healing center that I that I had built, all through the guidance of what I call my guides. From 1987 until 2006, and then of course up to the present moment, I have been listening to what I believe are my guides, God, the angelic realm, and given instructions on fulfilling the purpose of what I want to know. And what I want to know and to practice and to experiment with is the power of healing. If this command was given to me on the prayer of how do we help heal this mother of ours, then I believe it comes from the light, from the love and from the connection that we all have as human beings made of light, 
and then infused into this body. I like the terms of garments of light or walking in the light through prayer, through connection to our true God selves. The ego, ego has a contract out on all of us, meaning that that is the block, isn't it? Easing God out. And being brought up a Catholic, you know, Irish, big Irish family and all of that, um, it was difficult to be creative on your own, having to follow all of those rules and restrictions. So my mother, thank God, was quite um, the renegade, shall we say, and did not want to follow um, the rules of the layman and the Catholic Church, meaning all of that separation. And, th- and in those years, in, when I would say, you know, when I grew up in that in the 50s and 60s, um, the lay people were very much separated out from that priest on the altar. So my mother was a radical, and we got the benefit, I think, from that, all eight of us kids. So they formed their own little group called the Mystic Pilgrims, who are still active today. There are many, many members who have passed on, but it was a group that they um, formed and practicing their own Christian faith of what they really wanted to, to know and to believe in. So now, nine, uh, 2006, I buy this house over the phone after my siblings checked it out, and I had a truck and a teepee and a lot of money in my pocket. And I was going to take my 20 years of experience in the material world in Las Vegas, and I was going to finally build my spiritual world. And I took this money. I gave most of it to the contractor to renovate this home. In the basement was just cement, and we began there and to begin to build it out. I wanted to build a recording studio as well, like uh, this gentleman has here. Um, but I, it, I didn't, it didn't come to fruition because I went to my first sound healing conference in Santa Fe, and I bought this vibroacoustical sound healing table, which was about $3,500 and um, quite the investment for me. But I knew as soon as I saw the table and that I met the the builder of this table, um, Stephen, that I knew it was for me and that it was to be put into the sound healing room. Once the table uh, was put there and all of my tuning forks laid out like on an altar, I worked for the next 10 years in that healing room, which became one of the most dynamic vortexes on the East Coast. It was not in the mainstream public. I didn't advertise a lot about the room because it was a sanctuary and because through the guidance and and the love and the devotion 
completely devoted to people's healing and their intimate stories about their own personal uh, health or experiences with death and dying, we never talked about it. And I never did any intake forms or have you sign any insurance papers. I never asked too many questions because the God plane knows all about you anyway. And that is what I relied upon. I did not want to know um, what your fears were or your hopes and dreams. All of that is your own personal contract between yourself and your God self and God. And my gifts were to build a space, a place where you yourself could feel better in the time that you were there and that you could access your own healing. The gifts that were given to me were about through the sound healing that I was told in 1987. I understood that through the frequencies of the different tuning forks that I began to gather all those years before I had my center, I had probably a hundred um, by 2006, 2007. And the gift to me was the gift of divine connection, intuition, telling me which tuning forks to pick up to sound just the right vibration combination of sound to heal the person on the table, to bring sound vibration to that particular area of the body or that auric field, which was important to me that I did not know anything about you or too much about you. Of course, if you came back, and many people did because it's such, it was such an extraordinary experience for them and always for me, and that it didn't matter. Each time was was new for the person. When I asked for testimonies to try to do testimonies on my, my website, people could not explain exactly how what ha- what would happen to them, only that they left feeling so much more at peace, um, not afraid of death or the ego, and that that this space and place within their own heart and their own connection to God absolutely was real and is real. So let me take you through an example of what would happen. And there are over the 10, 11-year period, there were hundreds and hundreds of people. People would call me just out of the blue and said they found my name or they wanted to try this sound therapy and could they come like now? And I would, I for some reason, I always had time for them and they did come. And sometimes they would be with me for two or three hours. As we both explored um, their heart and their soul and their healing world. 
I thought of myself as a soul physician. I did go to seminary school in New York City, and it was with Rabbi Gil- Gilberman, who was 96 years old at the time, living on 96th Street in Central Park West. And it was an all-faith seminary school, and I really enjoyed that. I drove back and forth or took the train from Mystic, Connecticut to New York City. So I have the title of Reverend, which um, blankets a lot of things, and I'm glad for that. But I'm also glad that it is now 2017, and we're all at grand junctions within ourselves and our belief systems as we find out a lot of things now that are not true and perhaps um, people or things or beliefs that we are following that are not true either. And that is another reason why I am back on the radio and I am saying that we have our own connection to God and to our own healing and that we need to do everything in our power to clear that channel and to understand that the kingdom of heaven is within and that but we have the power to listen and to be able to hear hear that kingdom within and that we do not need another person or drug or um, religion to give us and to um, show us that connection. That is why I built the center. That is why I was amazed every single day that, that this worked to get my own ego, my own ego self out of the way and to listen to guidance. Now, a person would come and the room was built um, with uh, stained glass doors, sliding glass doors. It smelled wonderful. It looked wonderful. I had um, many... uh, crystals and hearts, and um, I did have religious figures there. I am a big believer in Yeshua, um, my guides, and really basically love. This room just exuded uh, a lot of love. And as you know, or if you remember, the vibration of love is the highest vibration that exists. And we are often n- not um, knowing that or hearing that anymore. We throw this word around like, um, you know, on Hallmark cards, but when it comes to really understanding, you know, the power of love, um, we have yet to really make it work here on this earth plane. So, a person comes in and even before you come to the center and came to my house, I would be given some information on you right off the bat. And I would start to write some things down or some messages um, and also maybe some instructions 
Uh, and so basically, I would set the room up for you and not knowing anything about you, or if I did already know something about you, it didn't matter because we are such layered, complicated, multi-dimensional beings that there's a lot to us and there's a lot to know. So each time it would be different, but built on that same golden thread of your connection to the Creator. So you would come into the room and you would lie down on this vibroacoustical sound healing table, and it was hydraulic, so um, I could raise you up or down in the physical sense, and you know, put a little blanket over you, and then uh, say some prayers, turn the music on, and this vibroacoustical sound healing table had transducer speakers in it. The person uh, and his wife that build these tables are extraordinary people. And they live up by um, Niagara Falls, uh, up in Lewiston, New York. And I would highly recommend if you ever wanted to have your own vibroacoustical sound healing table. Of course, they have chairs as well and mats that you can fold up and take with you. I would highly recommend you buying one of these and using them for yourself so now um, you lie on the table, and the music begins. That is also chosen for you. Certain frequencies are uh, on these CDs that I have, and it could be for spinal or muscular dystrophy. I mean, you know, anything, anything at all, um, Just even just pleasant music for you to relax to. Because we're made of vibration, sound, and color— this sound healing table, along with all the tuning forks that I had, along with the connection, my devotion to healing, we would have just miraculous sessions. And they could last anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and a half. And it just would depend on what was needed at the time. So I would always have a, a, a notebook and a, a, a paper and then uh, call them my guides. And then I was given, I would just tell the person, just relax. You can fall asleep if you like. I don't need you to, uh, to, be, to be conscious or well, but if you want to be conscious, that's fine. It's just that place, you know, before you fall asleep or before you wake up. And it's just the most relaxing, spiritual um, healing sessions that you could have there in Mystic, Connecticut. So I would be given these tuning forks, uh, the combinations of like um, I had all I had a whole chakra set um, from the root to the crown, and then I had all others, oxygen and um, frequencies, the just different frequencies. So I would pick up the two fifty six A and the 333, and then strike them at the same time, which would produce another frequency specifically designed for the healing of that person on the table. It was not for me to know the exact frequency of what the healing would be, but I would be told which combinations and where on the auric field 
I, I would use them. Some of these tuning forks um, were, were weighted, and so I could use the stem of these tuning forks, which I did a lot on a person's feet maybe, or, you know, on their head. And then I would write down uh, messages about um, their health, mostly about their, um, uh, their, their souls, you know, what they were afraid of, things that happened to them that they might have forgotten about, things that happened in another lifetime perhaps, but a lot with this lifetime because then the guides would give me pictures and of things that might have happened to you or interference from other people or other other things. So I would write these things down or I would also have a conversation with you or maybe ask you something or if something had to lead to a discussion about something I would um, I would go there. So um, let's just let me take a couple of experiences when when I say we are my guides myself would we we could do um, we could do we could heal some scar tissue we could heal we could really basically heal anything if you yourself wanted that to be healed and it was God's permission to do that and healing takes place, you know, on many levels. And mm-hmm. I had a, a, a gal one time that was, she was diagnosed by the um, Cancer Foundation in Boston, some kind of huge named cancer, rare cancer that she had six months to live. You know, they always give you six months to live. And um, she looked fine to me. And I said, you look, <laughs> look pretty good. You look uh, fine. She goes, yeah, I feel feel fine. I feel great. So, and her friend was there with her, and we were all three of us went into the healing room. She laid down on the table, and the first thing I heard from the guides was, this cancer doesn't belong to her. And I thought to myself, well, geez, that's a heck of a thing to say. And of course, but it's, I have to tell the person, you know, what is being said and what's being given. And I said, oh, boy. So I said, well, um, I'm being told that this cancer doesn't even belong to you. You cannot believe what this gal said. She said to me, I know it. I know it doesn't belong to me. I mean, without hesitation, I said, oh, my God. (laughs) Then I said, well, what? She She said to me, well, how, how do I get rid of it? So, of course, I say to my guides, well, how does she get rid of it? And the guide said, she just has to believe in one thing. And I said, well, what the, what's that? And the, the answer came back, I and the Father are one. And so I said, okay, that's just exactly what I'm going to tell her, what you gave me. And I said to her, this is what was given. It doesn't belong to you, and you can give it back, and you just have to believe in this one thing, that I and the Father are one. And then, of course, there was silence, and then I never saw her again. So I do not know, you know, what happened. 
So, of course, there's a lot to that, and there's a lot of layers to that. And I'm talking about the power, you know, of of our love, the power of the connection that we have for our own healing. And the the disease, our our negative thoughts, all the interference that is coming in that really um, interferes with our frequency and our minds and our connection to the Creator. These are all things that make us very, very sick. Because there are, there are those out there that do not wish us to know the power that we have, that we were actually made with, and that we are built-in antennas to the power of healing through our connection to our Creator. And so this is why I built the Healing Center. Now, other other examples, oh my gosh, like hundreds and hundreds of examples. Um, we, you know, through, through God energy, the light, the love, the power of the light, we would do all kinds of things like um, heal scar tissue and uh, just energize different frequencies and cellular memories of, of the body. And depending on how much the person believed or wanted the healing was how much really that healing penetrated. Another example of, of, of a gal uh, came, she was in her 60s, and I was um, doing a healing on her her ovaries and, you know, that area there, and a lot of scar tissue and a lot of, a lot of um, old pain there. And after the session was over, I explained to her what I, the area that I was working in, and um, she said, well, I don't know why you, you were working in that area. There's nothing wrong with me there. And uh, we were talking for a little bit more. Other things were, were given to her, other frequencies and messages. And I know that the guides are never wrong. I just wait patiently for uh, the person to remember. No one ever walked out of that room not remembering. So when she said, oh my God, oh my God, now I know why you were using frequencies to heal um, my ovaries there. And that was, she said, 30 years ago, she had irregular cells uh, from a pap smear. And she, was, she went to a doctor who put this machine on and put this wand up inside her to freeze the cells. So this was a fro, uh, some kind of device that um, is inserted into the vagina and freezes those cells. He set the timer on the machine, and he walked out of the room. The timer went off, but he did not come back in. And after a while, she began to smell flesh burning. And then she started to yell, and that's when he walked back in. And he took the, the, the wand out. That was 30 years ago, but she had forgotten. 
This is what I'm trying to tell you, that all the memory is held in the cells, in the cellular memory, inside the body. And even if the mind can't recall it at the moment, the cells remember. And through all the different frequencies of the tuning forks, through all the love and the passion that I wanted to glean from this power of healing. You know, when I was in the fourth grade and in Catholic uh, catechism there, you know, in the Bible it says, uh, Yeshua says that all this that I can do, you can do, and more. And so why shouldn't we be doing this, more and more and more of this? And yet we are falling prey to allowing everything and anyone else to think for us and do our and do our healing for us and we are forgetting that we have this power ourselves so that is an just a one little example or the, to the other one with the with the cancer but the messages to each person lying on that table if there was any messages given were given to reassure them of their own connection to God and the power that they do have for their own healing. So my center was about empowerment. I was also um, being taught. And I did this through listening. I would hold Sunday morning prayer meditations, which brought a very soft, powerful, unique light. Um, we usually did this um, upstairs in the um, in the living room or in the sun porch. And then we would do, um, we could go downstairs in the sound healing room or we could go outside if it was a beautiful day to uh, do some drumming in the teepee. I had a 18-foot in diameter chakra teepee, and no claim to uh, any Indian um, heritage whatsoever. Um, I was thanked by the Indian spirits on that land, however, for coming to the land and erecting this teepee and, and working the power of the Native Americans as well. The healing center was set off the road so that you could drive down a long driveway and then be in the woods. The Indians called them uh, all the trees uh, standing beans, and so we really um, enjoyed that. So the healing center, the Mystic Gathering Center, was just about that. From that command in 1987 to the manifestation of it in 2006. And I began to invite people into my home and to experience and to share with me this vortex of understanding, this vortex of healing. I did try to bring in other teachers with other healing modalities and belief systems and it never really worked as well as the intentions 
that I set up the Healing Center for. So every bit of the four stories here um, grew out of my love for God, my love for healing, and this passion that I have, this passion that I have for connecting to the real healing world that we all have inside of us. The byline on my website was that all true healing comes from within when we are at peace with ourselves. Well, I don't know about you, but if you look around you, there is very little peace. We have to seek it out, and we have to search it, and we have to also remind ourselves that only in the stillness of our being, only by listening and surrendering to the stillness is the only place where we are going to find any kind of peace or even gathering with other people and and being quiet or um, whatever brings you that, that real stillness, that peace. We can hardly hear anymore. We can hardly, we're not listening to uh, ourselves, we're not listening to one another, because we are just too busy. And we are more busy now than we have ever been, I think, from creation. And this is designed also to keep us off track, to keep us from our true selves. This morning, I was thinking about this podcast, number four, and I was reminding myself that I was going to talk about my healing center and my healing room specifically, and that every time somebody wanted to take a picture of the room or um, I was going to bring it to the public eye, my it would not happen. My own guides would say, this is sacrosanct. And so you can't touch it. You couldn't, you couldn't touch that, that level of uh, energy inside there, nor could you explain it. And so I never did have it filmed um, because it was just, it was for you. It was for your personal healing, and it was, um, you know, it was for this connection, this golden connection to God. So I was thinking... Um, well, one day I will talk about it, and and today was the day. But the byline of the podcast here is the ego has a contract out on all of us. And that, of course, came out of my 20 years of living in Las Vegas with this man who was a gambler and, um, you know, uh, ended up losing a lot of money. And he died very, very unhappily. And I'm sure if he could work that life over again, I think he definitely, definitely would. So then I was doing some research, and I came across the 50-year anniversary of the the USS um, Liberty ship that was um, attacked by Israel in um, 1967, and for some reason, I spent 
all of last night and this morning listening to all these veterans talk about what happened, and they all say the same story. And there's many of them uh, that have come forward and that are talking about it. And this is the, the USS Liberty that was attacked by Israel. In international waters on June the 8th, 1967, and basically you know, killed 34 men, wounded 170 others, and with the intention of sinking that ship and killing everyone aboard. You will have to research and do some um, exploring yourselves to see the unbelievable truth of what happened. Fifty years later, this government, this U.S. government, does not tell you the truth still about what happened. And as we continue to unravel many untruths about our own government, about what is happening to our freedoms, about the addictions that we are becoming more and more addicted to, the, the drugs and the alcohol and, and uh, other people's belief systems that are not true, we are basically at war with ourselves and with one another and on this earth plane for to b battling for for the truth. Now it seems that we just become more distracted and more tired and more willing to let someone else do our thinking for us and that we are afraid to speak up. I know that there are many, many, many people that are speaking up now and in your research to find, you know, the truth about some things, you can pick anything you like, starting from the Cancer Foundation to anything political to, you know, the truth about anything out there. And um, I came across a Mark Twain quote, and it said that it is easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. And I thought, that's right. So how are we going to know about the truth of who we are? I guess we have to become even more sick. We have to get more disease. We have to do all these. We have to bring ourselves to this brink of destruction to understand and to ask, you know, for for God's help, for the for the light. And we have to band together those of us who are on this earth plane to to really to understand and to bring forth, you know, that kind of healing, that healing of the ego, easing God out. So thank you very much for listening to this podcast, signing off from Grand Junction, Colorado. And the next podcast I'm hoping will be from Las Vegas, Nevada. Thank you very much.
Thank <laughs> you.